You will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. held over 3,000 crusades in 40 countries, and his team has held over 30,000 public school assemblies in the U.S. It's going to be 30,004 on Monday, because we're going to be in four on Monday. He has held record crusades for T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, John Hagee, and many of America's largest churches. He has been featured on CNN, People Magazine, and almost every major network. In the past, John has had a worldwide weekly television show that ran for 15 years. About 10 years ago, Chuck Norris attended one of John's crusades where he accepted Christ. And as a result, CBS did an entire episode of the Walker, Texas Ranger featuring John and all of his team. Last year, the Next Generation Power Force saw over 40,000 people come to know Christ. Come on, let's give a praise in the house for that. Fantastic. And the last thing, and the most importantly, is this. John has a passion for seeing the lost saved, the brokenhearted healed, the desperate or the depressed encouraged, and Christ getting all of the credit. And I can say amen to that because just in hanging out with these guys just for a few moments, I can tell you these guys are the real deal. They are awesome, awesome guys. And I cannot strongly urge you enough to make sure that you make every plan to be back tonight or Monday night. Without further ado, I want to introduce my friend John Jacobs to you. Come on, let's give it up to John in the house. Yes! When I picked him up, he's here with Mark, and I had my little boy Luke, and I said, all we need is Matthew, and we had Mark, Luke, and John in the car today. So if there's a Matthew and you want to ride with us later, we'll, we'll take you for the ride. John. Praise the Lord. I love Louisiana people. I was born in New Orleans, and I... Thank Louisiana people. If you have a flat tire, somebody actually may stop and help you. Amen? I'm not joking. Even at the hotel this morning, people talked to me like they really knew me. How many, how many thank God for southern, good, solid Louisiana? And I just love your pastor. Uh, I, I really believe there's a big touch of God on his life. And I was in this church in the back for five minutes. And in my discerner, I've been in thousands of churches. I can feel when something's up in the spirit. How many of you realize something big's coming for this church? Come on, I'm serious. Something big's coming. And I want to tell you that I'm expecting tonight the most unlikely looking church crowd you've ever seen. And I want to tell everybody here, Pastor, I've been doing this for 30 years since I was 16 years old. I have never seen in my life, in the last two years, every single week, we've been having a strange, unusual God happening that has been affecting the entire county. I've got to warn everybody here. 
I'm expecting something to happen tonight that's going to shake us up. Now, listen. No, you know, hey, the other night, we saw a man get saved that had a vulgar T-shirt on. His hair was wild, and the Lord told me, go talk to him. Be his friend. You know what he tells me? He's crying. He goes, I've robbed two banks. He's a modern-day bank robber. So you know what I tell him? I'll break handcuffs just for you if you'll invite every criminal you know. He says, you have no idea. He goes, but I'll do it. The next night, he walked in with 19 men. You know who those 19 men were? The leading crystal meth dealers and leading crime figures in that part of Texas. That night, every one of them came forward, accepted Jesus. And wait, the sheriff calls me two weeks later, and the sheriff tells me, your meeting changed the atmosphere of this county. Now, wait, I told that story just the other day in Atlanta, Georgia. Guess who was sitting in the crowd? Another sheriff. He got so motivated, he brought the whole jail Sunday night. 37 prisoners and 15 deputies. Over 25 prisoners and 11 deputies gave their hearts to Jesus. Now listen, hey, tonight is not going to be just another church service. Tonight and our night, it's not going to be just another get-together. I'm calling from heaven a God happening that's going to take us to the next level in God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. No, I got to tell you, in, in recent meetings, Pastor, um, on the south side of Houston, Texas, the mayor, the city manager, and the police chief all got saved on Sunday night. Recently, we had a federal judge get saved. Now he's joined the church, and he wants to go into schools himself now. We had just had a state police captain get saved. I'm here to tell you, the other night in, in Texas, we had one of the top airline pilots in all the country get saved on one side of the altar. On the other side of the altar was one of the top drug dealers in the state of Texas, a drug trafficker. He fell into the pastor's arms. Um, the other night in Houston, we had a, a woman come in the crowd. She had her face painted. She was in a major witchcraft. And during the service, demons started to manifest. I called angels, and I spoke the power of God, and we felt like a, a, I can't exp- like a cloud came into the sanctuary. Miracles started happening. She was set free. People started running to the front. The pastor whispers, there's an anointing for miracles. Pray for jobs. Half of my church is out of jobs. We called jobs out of heaven. That night, nine people came running back in the sanctuary. They had jobs on their cell phones in their cars that had called in during the service. Now, I want you to know, hey, I'm going to go ahead and announce it. Tonight, we're going to have a God happening. I'm going to announce miracles are going to happen. We're going to, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, draw the devil's generals, and they're going to change sides tonight. Come on. Tonight and tomorrow night, hey, you know what else? Thank God for a pastor that I don't have to worry about getting hurt. Your pastor is young, in shape. He works out. You know what? Normally, no, seriously. A lot of times we can't involve the pastor because we're afraid he might get hurt. But sometimes, very rarely, we have a, a young, in-shape pastor, and we love to do something. These guys on my team, the one God's coming tonight, played pro football for the Chicago Bears. He can press a pastor over his head with one hand. But you know what? The wildest thing, this guy is so big, his hand is twice the size of a normal man's hand. He can squeeze a soft drink can and explode it unopened. Then he started smashing him over his head. He almost knocked himself out, but you never guess. The other day, we were in a church where the pastor had played pro football himself, 
And we announced if everybody invites friends and we pack this place tonight, Jerome, the 365-pound giant, is going to crush a can over the pastor's head. And that night, that church of 500 brought over 1,200 people. We saw 500 give their hearts to Jesus. And to see a guy six foot seven, 365 pounds, run and jump, scream, and crush an unopened South Indian over the pastor's head was a sight they'll never forget. But you know what? Pastor, tonight, if everybody here invites people, and this place is packed, would you be willing for Jesus to let Jerome crush a can over your head? How many of you think that'll be exciting tonight? Come on. And everybody, hey, I want to ask sincerely, everybody in this great church, and you sweet, awesome Louisiana people, would everybody here make an effort to invite people for tonight? Let me tell you why. When you make an effort and people pull together, it moves God. And if you move God, he'll move the world for you and show up like you've never seen. So, hey, I know, pastor, when I go to churches, people sing about heaven. I'm hanging on to heaven. Heaven's going to be great. But have you ever thought about this? When we get to heaven, we'll never have another chance to lead one person to Jesus, pull one person out of the ditch. This is our moment to make a difference. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to get them here. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to get them saved. But when people pull together and if every, I honestly believe if everybody here would do something to call, invite some people, we would see God show up tonight and some things would happen that will never. The other night, we saw the meanest man in the county get saved. His two 10-year-old sons in handcuffs with the policeman, and the policeman, and then they got saved. It shook up. The whole, with 2,000 people there, people couldn't open. People were just going, oh. You know, I'm believing tonight. I'm not going to believe what I've already seen. I'm going to believe what I've never seen. How many of you know that's what faith is? Faith is to believe what you've never seen before. So how many will believe that tonight we're going to have a move of God that we've never seen before? Let me see your hands. Come on. How many agree with me? And one more thing. Pastor, you know what I'm going to preach on tonight? Because I can't preach this in many churches. I'm going to preach about the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead comes to live inside you. You know what makes us different than the other 8,000 religions in the world? Is that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. But that same spirit comes to live inside you. And I'm going to speak on tonight, the power of God is real. I've been to 40 countries, folks. And in those 40 countries, how many know we draw crowds that don't come to the normal church services? I have seen things that would put any scary movie about demons in America look like child's play. I've seen frogs climb out of a demon-possessed man's mouth. I've seen uh, dentures come out of a man's mouth with a spirit of perversion and clap in midair. I've seen things in other countries. I saw a witch doctor in Africa speak to the mouths of dead animals. But tonight, I'm going to tell the wildest thing I've ever seen. I can't tell this story at many churches. When I was in South Africa in Johannesburg, they squeezed in 28,000 people in the Colosseum. Little did I know, you know who was in the crowd? The ruling satanic priest of Africa and 47 Satanists. The lights went out five times. And what the Lord showed me to scream and call down 
the power of God. 28,000 people got saved in two minutes. The satanic priest got saved, 47 Satanists. And on the news that night, they said they received hundreds of calls reporting that the roof of the Colosseum looked like it was on fire. And they heard people screaming Jesus for 15 miles away. So how many of you think tonight, and we don't need just another church service. We need the power, we need the move of God that would change something. Come on, how many of you think we need to see something changed? So tonight, and then tomorrow night, um, it's going to even be better. We're going to invite all those kids from the schools. How many know that's a miracle in itself? Come on, everybody. Preachers are not allowed to go to the schools. But we have been in schools in almost every city in America. 30,000. And last year, we were in 500 schools in 50 cities. And when we go into a school, we pray. We call on the anointing. Call on angels. And you know what? We average five students per school saying, thanks. I'm not going to kill myself now. We average up to 20 young people saying, thanks, I'm not going to cut myself anymore. But you know what else we get to do? Come back tonight and bring your dads to Hearts Ease Church and give, and give them a flyer. And they come by the hundreds with their dads and moms and big redneck dads. Guess what? They come walking forward, unsaved husbands. Kids get new Christian daddies. Women get new Christian husbands. Whole families get saved. How many know we're going fishing? And how many think if you live in Louisiana, you better know how to fish? But how many know God's going to use us? We're going fishing for this city. And we're going to believe God for at least 200 souls to be saved. Everybody say 200 souls. Pastor, tonight, can you put out extra chairs? Can we open the back doors? Let's believe for the biggest crowd in the history of this church. Come on, how many will believe for the biggest crowd in the history of this church? Let's just stop and pray. Let's, let's call Holy Spirit... In the name of Jesus, draw in the devil's generals. We speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and we say, give up the harvest. Hound of heaven, Holy Spirit, search out people all over this community and draw them here tonight. Lord, I ask you to do something we've never seen. Shake us up. Lord, I pray, take us to the next level. Open a new season of spiritual momentum for this church starting tonight. Lord, we agree together in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I'd like for you to open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm so happy to be in Louisiana. I'm going to eat like I've never eaten before. No, I'm just kidding. That's just a joke. I grew up as a little boy on the bayous of New Orleans, fishing and hunting. And when my dad left me, I was all alone, didn't have a dad. I was spent my days on a raft fishing, floating down the bayous. First Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to read in just a moment. And uh, I'll let you know when to put up on the screen. Hold one second. I want everybody to hear this. I've been praying about this meeting. And I take every meeting very serious. You know what my administrator told me about your pastor? He said, You're, that pastor of that church in Louisiana is one of the nicest, most Christ-like men I've ever talked to. And you know what I started doing when I heard that? I started praying extra, saying, Lord, what's the right word for that church? 
Because if you can get the right word with the right people at the right place at the right time, you can have a God happening that changes everything forever. And I was praying, Lord, what's the right word for that church in Baton Rouge? Lord, what is the... And you know what God began to speak to me? God began to speak to me how this is a season that God wants to promote you. I watched the news the other night, and I got so tired of, of hearing worst recession, negative, how this is a time of desperate recession. And you know what the Lord told me? Go look in the Bible, and I looked up every recession, every famine. And you know what I found? In the middle of the famines and the recession was the best moment to say, Lord, here I am, promote me. He was looking for people to raise up and show off. And you know what I believe? This is the best season in the history of the world to plug into the spout where the glory comes out and call God's promotion and God's favor. And what the Lord spoke to me at the end of this service, you know what I'm going to do? Pastor, I've grown up in full gospel churches. I had prayed in the years ago, and we had 5,000 people in two nights received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. How many know that's great? And I've been in healing services with the greatest healing evangelists, and we've seen hundreds healed, dozens healed of AIDS. But you know what I've never seen? I've seen churches pray for the gift of healing, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy. But you know, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you know what one of the gifts I've never heard a church pray for? Is the gift of faith. And if you receive, hear me closely, if you receive the gift of faith, everything changes. All of a sudden, instead of calling the prayer group when the devil comes to your house, you kick him out. All of a sudden, when everybody says you're going under, you step up and announce, no, I'm going over. When you receive the gift of faith, everybody say the gift of faith. You speak the things that aren't as though they are, and God has to back you up and bring them to pass. You're not moved by what people say or think. You know what true freedom is? Not being moved by what people say or think. When you receive the gift, you know what I'm going to do at the end of this service? Is this is okay? I'm going to impart the gift of faith to every single person in this church. How many of you want to receive the gift of faith. And you know what? I'm, it's going to happen. Today is going to begin a new season of God's favor and God's promotion over your family, your future, and your finances. You know what? The Lord told me to speak today over this church to announce a new season of spiritual momentum, of victories and miracles, and going to where you've never gone before. How many want to open a season of promotion and favor? and spiritual momentum. Well, I'm going to speak on today the gift of faith. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to speak on today how to live a life God cannot resist promoting. You know what I'm going to speak on today? How to pull God's favor and God's promotion on your family, your future, and your finances. How many believe God can do more in five minutes? then you can do working hard 50 years. You know what the Bible says? The doors God opens, no man can shut. You know what the Bible says? God raises one up, God brings another down. Promotion is from the Lord. The Bible says men make their plans, but God determines the outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, 
One act of faith. God can't resist. And he will answer it with a new season of favor and promotion. How many of you want to open a new season of God's favor and God's promotion on your family, your finances, and your future? How many of you want to turn every setback into a comeback starting today? Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah in the Bible, remember Abraham's wife? She was over 90 years old. This is the gift of faith. And they said when she said, God's going to give me a baby, people laughed at her. But you know what she was said when they laughed? God promised me he's going to give me a baby. You know what God was saying in heaven when she said that? I can't resist that. Now I'm going to do it. And the Bible says when she was past 90 years old, she conceived seed when she was beyond years because she judged him faithful who had promised. And that one baby became more in number than all the sand on all the seashores. Why? Because one woman announced, my God promised and he is faithful. I don't care what storm hits your house. I don't care what people say. You dig your heels in and you announce. You announce, my God is faithful. A bending reed, he won't let break. And a flickering light, he won't let go out. God, any good work God starts, he'll see it through. God keeps his word and you announce the miracles you want to see in your house. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which see were made of things which don't appear. Guess what? Everybody look me in the eye. Never forget this. You frame your world by the words you speak. Everybody in this church say, I frame my world by the words I speak. You need to announce miracles in your home. When everything looks like you're going under, you announce you're going over. And how many know God can't resist that? I said, how many know God can't resist that? It's like Joshua, when the sun was going down, he needed more light to win the battle. He turned and screamed at the sun, sun, stand still. And you know what the Bible says? God stopped the whole universe. You know why? God could not resist. God can't resist that kind of faith. When you announce miracles and you announce God's able, and you announce God's going to keep his word, when you announce God is going to promote me, God is going to put his favor in my... How many know God can't resist that? How many know God honors faith? I said God has to honor faith. And I want to speak to you about this morning the gift of faith, real briefly. And I'm going to read to you a story. This is powerful. Get ready. Fasten your seatbelts. I have heard the story of David and Goliath all my life. In fact, we reenacted this when we were in Israel. And I've actually been to the spot where the story of David and Goliath took place. But I've never heard any preacher say this. I've never seen this before. But I'm going to show you the language of faith, the lifestyle of faith, the walk of faith that so moves God that everything in your life could change from today. And I want you to look at, I'm going to start reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 42. And I'll call for that scripture on the screen in just a second. 
Now, before I read, I'm going to set this picture up. On one hillside was the Philistine army. On this hillside were thousands and tens of thousands of Philistines. On the, in the valley, across the valley on the other hillside, were the Israel and Judah's army. In the valley, you know who the Goliath, nine foot nine inches tall? And he screamed and he yelled and he bluffed God's army, saying, send me a man that will fight with me. I defy your God. How many know the devil is going to bluff you and the devil is going to try to spoil your faith for your future? And you know what the Bible says? The army of Israel in Judah sat on the hillside afraid, intimidated, paralyzed by fear. Listen really closely. You know what CNN News said? 85% of America is suffering from depression. Did you know that? I have never seen so many discouraged Christians in churches in my entire life. The devil wants to steal your faith for your future. Come on. And Goliath was shouting. I do, he was stealing. Their, you know what the name Goliath means in the Hebrew? It means to strip. The anointing of the devil on his life was to strip God's people of their faith for their future. So everybody get ready. I'm going to restart reading with verse 42. And you know the story of David, approximately 17 years old with a slingshot and five smooth stones. In verse 42, and when the Philistines looked down and saw David, he disdained him, for he was just a a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? He says, come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, how many of you think the devil is an expert? at intimidating and bluffing. How many of you think the devil can create a pretty scary situation to try to bluff you out of your faith for your future? Come on. How many here have ever faced circumstances around you that didn't look good for you? Come on. Now, this giant screams at this 17-year-old, you come to me with sticks? I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. How many of you know that sounds pretty scary? How many of you have ever faced a scary situation? Listen to this. Hang on to your seats. Verse 44. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. In verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and spear, with a javelin, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Now put up verse 46 on on the screens, please. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp, the army of the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, that the whole earth may know there's a God alive in Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, I've, been, I've read this story since I was seven years old, but I've never seen this. 
David answers back, of course I will strike you, he announces. He announces, of course I will take your head from you. But wait a minute. He goes from addressing the giant, he turns toward the whole Philistine army, and he says, I will give the carcasses of the camp, the whole army of the Philistines, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field, that the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. When I read that, I went, oh. He, of course, I'm going to kill this giant. But then he turns and because the gift of faith is not moved by the size of the problem. How many know the gift of faith is not intimidated by the odds against it? How many know the gift of faith knew it's just as easy for God to kill the whole army as it was one giant? And if my soldiers don't get off that field, not only am I going to strike you and take your head, but I'm prepared to kill them all because the battle is the Lord's. How many of you understand it's just as easy for God to win the big battle as it is the small battle? How many of you know, he says, I'm going to give the camp of the Philistines. Can you imagine the Philistines sitting on the hillsides going, he's talking to us. He's announcing he is going to kill us all. How many know God will do all you believe him for? How many know God will do everything you announce he's able to? How many think you need to start announcing in your homes? Miracles, signs and wonders. My kids are going to change the world. My life is going to fulfill its purpose. This is my season to bear fruit. It will not be cut short. I will live and not die. I will see a great move of God in my life. How many know when you start announcing that? How many of you know God can't resist it? He backs it up. Come on, somebody. Now, fasten your seatbelt. It gets, it gets even better. In verse 47, 48, and so it was when the Philistine arose. Please put this on the screen. You got to see this. And drew near to David. David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. I said, is that what it says? When the giant came at him, the Bible says he hurried and ran toward the... Is that what it says? You know why? He didn't have his eye just on the giant. How many know he had his eye on the big picture? How many think we spend too much time looking at that little problem right in front of us? Come on. How many know you need to put your eye on the big picture? And you know what the big picture is? Everybody look me in the eye. You know what your big picture should be? When God made me, he never made anybody else like me. No one else has my fingerprint, my tongue print, my retina print, my toe print. Nobody can impact the same lives you can. Nobody can affect this world the way you can. How many know when God put you here, he had a plan and a purpose? You've been born for such a time as this, and you're here to make a difference. How many know that's the big picture? Somebody said that's the big picture. He says, he ran toward the army. Of course I'm going to kill you and strike you and take off your, but I'm going to kill you all. How many know God will do all you believe he can? How many know God will do all you announce he can? You frame your world by the words you speak. Fasten your seatbelts. Listen to this. Verse 52. Well, um, excuse me, verse 40, 49. Then David put his hand in the bag, 
took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk in his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, struck the Philistine and killed him, but he had no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword out and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head. Now everybody look at verse 51. He killed him and cut off his head. I want you never to forget what I'm going to read to you right here. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And now the men of Israel and Judah arose. You know the men that were like this, afraid, paralyzed by fear? They arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and the gates of Ekron. You know what one translation says? The men of Israel surged forward. And you know what the Lord spoke to me? I've never heard another preacher say this, so it kind of worries me. But most people in churches are not held back by some group of giant sins or weaknesses. It's usually one champion weakness or sin the Bible calls it an iniquity, a wrong one to, that paralyzes people and keeps them taking the same test over and over again. In fact, you know what the um, church growth statistic um, person said uh, recently? 85% of church people remain the same spiritually unless something drastic happens. You know another way to translate that? It's usually one champion weakness that holds back that person. Maybe it's fear. It's been passed down from their ancestors that generational curse. But when you have the courage and the faith to face that thing and you say in the name of Jesus, you spirit of fear, you spirit of pride, you spirit of lust, you've held me back, but you shall hold me back no more. God's hands on my life. I've been born for this moment. When you have faith to face that one thing that's held your life back, all of a sudden, when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. When you have the faith and you demonstrate the courage to say, this, I'm tired of being the same way. I don't want to be this way anymore. Remember Jacob in the Bible? He got tired of being a, I, I, he got tired of being a manip- manipulator. He got tired of being a, a, a trickster, a prankster. And he said, I don't want to be this way anymore. I know I can be more than... And all of a sudden, the bush caught on. Remember, the bush began to shake, and out walked an angel. You know what the, the translation says? It was a manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Because he said, he saw it as the face of God. When you have the courage to say, I don't want to stay this way anymore. I know I can be more than what I am for God. This thing that's held me back, in Jesus' name, will hold. God can't resist that kind of faith. And guess what? All those other lot of little things that go wrong in your life, all of a sudden, they turn around. All of a sudden, when the men of Israel saw, they got up from where they were. They surged forward. They surged forward. Guess what happens to your life? You surge forward. 
when you face that thing that's held you back and you announce victory over your life and your family, you create a new season of a surge in your life of miracles, signs and wonders and victories. You cause a shift in the heavenlies. It caused a new season, the gift of faith, where the, when they saw their champion was dead, they fled. How many know you'll spend your whole life trying to put fingers in the holes in the dam? How many know all you need is to fix your walk with Jesus and announce the victory of the Lord? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pray over everybody here to receive the gift of faith. You know, 1 Corinthians says it's God's will that everybody would receive all the gifts of the Spirit. Come on. And the Apostle Paul said, you know, he speaks in tongues more than them all, but that's the least of the gifts. And there's people who say, only if you can prophesy. No. There's one gift. If you receive it, the devil has no defense against it. If you receive the gift of faith, guess what? You won't be moved by what people say or think. How many of you want a supernatural endowment of power to dig your heels in and you announce when everyone else says you're going under, you announce you're going over? How many know God can't resist that? I'm going to close with one story, and then we're going to pray. There's a guy that used to be on our team. And you know who he was 15 years ago? America's meanest prisoner. He was in prison in San Quentin prison. Now, how many of you know San Quentin is one of the meanest prisons in California? Come on. And you know who he was? He was known as America's meanest prisoner in magazines and newspapers. His father was the president of Hell's Angels. His mother was the only woman ever to receive colors from the Hell's Angels. Now listen to this. He was in prison for life, covered with racial tattoos, filled with hate and murder. He was so bad. You want to know how bad he was? How many think it's bad when the leaders of the gangs, the meanest gang leaders in San Quentin prison come to you and they give you a name and say, we are going to name you. Your name shall be Legion because we're afraid of you. You're full of demons. In fact, he'd been shot three times in the head and had a lot of his brain blown out with a forty-five and stabbed eight. When they moved him, when they moved him, when the guards moved him, they had to put a metal mask over his face. They were afraid he would bite or maim the guards. He only had one visitor. You know who that one visitor was? His 88-year-old grandmother rode a bus five days from Washington, D.C., California. She weighed under 100 pounds. She walked into the cell of America's meanest prisoner. And you know what she said? She looked him right in the eye and she said, you will be saved. You will be free. And you will be a preacher. Well, you know what God in heaven was saying when she said that? I can't resist that. I can't resist that. Now I've got to do it. But you know what? A preacher could even get to him. He was in the mental ward of solitary confinement. 
A church group couldn't even get to him. But God had to honor that little grandma's faith. You will be saved. You will be free. And you will be a preacher. You know what happened? Jesus appeared in his cell. Touched his brain. His brain grew back on the MRIs. He immediately was set free, saved. He got out on a technicality of some, and was on our team for 10 years. When he got out of prison, he became America's greatest soul winner. He averages leading five people every day he meets to Jesus. I picked him up at the airport the other day. He was praying with two soldiers to accept the Lord. Last year, we were in Chicago, and midnight we got lost. So we stopped at Subway to eat in his bad neighborhood. A whole gang walks in, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm not even going to look at him. I'm just going to eat my sandwich. I look up five minutes later. He's missing from the table. He's got them all joined hands in the middle of the subway praying to accept Jesus. What could cause America's meanest prisoner to become one of the greatest soul winners in history? One 88-year-old grandmother with the gift of faith moved the world. How many of you believe the same principle will work in your family, over your finances, and over your future? When people say you're being cut back financially, you need to announce wealth of the wicked come into the hands of the righteous. How many know God will make a way where there is no way? How many know God has to honor faith? Everybody say God has to honor faith. When everything says you're going under, you announce I'm going over. When everything around you in the natural says you're not going to make it, you need to announce, I'm not only going to make it, I'm going to make it greater than I've ever had before. In fact, you put your foot down and say, according to the book of Joel, everything the devil has stole from me, I call it back sevenfold. And according to the book of Isaiah, every word of slander that's ever been used against me, God will now use to promote me. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, Jabez was in first... Chronicles chapter 4, and it was a very boring, boring chapter. Who begat who? Who begat who? Who were the sons? Who were the parents? And all of a sudden, God says, wait! One man gets my attention. And Jabez prays, Lord, that you would bless me. You would increase me. You would put your favor on me. Push back my horizons. Increase my territory. Lord, that you would raise me up. Keep me from evil. And I won't cause people pain. You put your hand. And the Bible says God answered his prayer. How many of you are ready to open today a new season of surge? How many of you are ready to get up from where you are spiritually and open a new season of God's favor and God's promotion over your family, over your finances, and over your future. David said, of course, I'm going to strike you, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to cut off your head. But my gosh, he turned to the whole Philistine army, and he announced, I'm going to give all your carcasses to the beasts of the field and the birds of the air that the world may know is a God alone alive in Israel. How many know it's just as easy for God to win the big battle as it is the one? And the Bible says when the giant ran toward him, boom, boom, he ran toward the army to meet because he had his eye on the big picture. 
How many think you need to take your eye off that problem in front of you? You need to quit looking back. And how many know you need to put your eye on the big, the big perspective? That God's put you here to be a world changer and a history maker. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And ladies and gentlemen, when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel surged forward. You want to create a momentum of spiritual surge? You want to open a new season of God's favor and God's promotion? You receive the gift of faith, and you demonstrate that your God is able. God keeps his word. You announce, my God is faithful over your finances, your home, over your body. Any good work, God starts, he'll see it through. When people knife you in the back, you just announce, Lord, many are they that say, rise up against me. Many are they that say, there's no hope for me in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. How many know God can't resist that? Everybody say, God can't resist that. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you move God... He'll move the world for you. I said, if you move God, anybody here want to move God? Anybody in this church wants to be more than what you are? Hey, listen, that little voice inside you saying, come on, you can be more than what you are. Come on. Let's be honest. We can't do it in our own flesh. You know, people ask me, how do, you, how do you live that kind of life, really? I feel so weak. I keep messing up the same way. Folks, guess what? We're all weak. We all mess up. But here's the answer. Everybody listen really closely. I grew up in church, and all I ever heard was God wants to, God wants your spirit. God wants to save your soul. But I want to tell you, God doesn't just want to save your soul. God wants to own your life. Here's the key. Is every day giving God ownership of every area of your life. When I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, you own me. You own the thoughts I think, the words I speak. You own the intents of my heart. Lord, God doesn't want to just own your victories. Did you know God wants to own your defeats? How do you kill that champion weakness that's held you back? God wants to own that. God wants to own your mess-ups. Did you know God wants to own your fumbles as much as your touchdowns? You know why? Here it comes. What God owns, He redeems. What God owns, He fixes. We can't fix ourselves, but if you give it to God, God will fix it. Guess what? What God owns, He promotes. What God owns, He defends. What God owns, He lifts up. With what God owns, he shows off. This morning, can we give God ownership? Did you know it's okay? You can trust him. I said it's okay. You can trust him. God only has your best interest at heart. He'll make the crooked way straight. He'll turn your setbacks into comebacks. Come on. God can do more in five minutes than you can do in 50 years. Come on. God wants to open a new season of spiritual momentum of his promotion and his favor on your family, your finances, and your future. But everybody, I want you to pray with me now. I want you to cup your hands in front of you. Just put your hands. I want you like you hold a cup of water. Put your palms together as a symbol of surrender to the Holy Spirit. 
I don't understand it, but in the Bible, God gets moved by symbols that means that they don't have a heart. So I want you to cup your hands together as a symbol of surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I want everybody here to pray this prayer with me. In the back row, front row, everybody in this church, pray this with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I give you ownership over every area of my life. The thoughts I think, the words I speak, the intents of my heart, the workings of my hands, the steps of my feet. Here I am, Lord, not just part of me, but all of me. I give you my strengths. I give you my weaknesses. I give you my mess-ups. Here I am, Lord. You redeem me. You fix me. Lord, you promote me. Heavenly Father, put your favor on my life. Put your hand upon me. That from this day forward, I'm going to be what I've never been. I'm going to see what I've never seen. I'm going to do what I've never done. By the hand of God. And in the name of Jesus. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Say it again. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's God's will for me to have the gifts of the Spirit. Lord, you promised me if I would ask you, you would give them to me. So Holy Spirit, giver of the gifts, I ask that you would give me the gift of faith that I may glorify Jesus, that I could promote Jesus. From this day forward, I receive the gift of faith. I will not be moved what people say, what people think, the size of the problem, the odds against me. If God is for me, that's all I need. And I receive the gift of faith that from this day forward, I'm going to speak to my mountain. I'm going to announce my God is faithful. Any good work God starts, he will see it through. I speak to every setback. Every setback in my life, in the name of Jesus, I announce a comeback. And today begins a new season of God's favor and God's promotion on my family, on my future, and on my finances. There's a shift in the heavenlies. In my favor. Here I am, Lord. Lord, that you put your hand upon me. That you would bless me. That you would increase me. Supernaturally give me the gift of faith. On this day, a new season of surge. A new season of spiritual momentum will take place in my life. And everything the devil has stole from me, according to the book of Joel, I call it back sevenfold according to the word of God. 
and every word of slander that's ever been used against me, God will now use to promote me. In the name of Jesus, God's going to order my steps. In the name of Jesus, God's going to open doors no man can shut. In the name of Jesus, wealth of the wicked come into the hands of the righteous. Here I am, Lord. You promote me. You fix me. You redeem me. God's kingdom come. God's will be done in my family, in my future, in my finances. In the name of Jesus, amen. Raise both hands and thank God. Come on, everybody. Woo! Come on, everybody. Say grace, grace. Come on, everybody. Come on. Say grace, grace. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.